When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Billboard Pop Shop Podcast. I'm Keith Caulfield, Managing Director of Charts and Data Operations at Billboard. And I'm Katie Atkinson, Billboard's Executive Digital Director, West Coast. How's it going, Katie? It's going pretty great, Keith. How about yourself? I'm kin enough. Oh, I'm kin enough. I saw it. I finally saw Barbie. You saw Barbie. What'd you think? I did. I took my three-year-old daughter, too, so, like, because I figured she wouldn't understand anything that wasn't for her, and she didn't. She just liked the pink. It was very <laughs> so colorful. It was great. Yeah, I love. I absolutely loved it. I thought the movie was, you know, written specifically for me. If I felt very targeted, I loved the whole thing. Wow, the journey <laughs> is complete. It feels like we started this uh, marketing uh, advertising journey <laughs> at least three years ago, and we finally arrived at the conclusion. I was going to say we actually. <laughs> I feel like. We started talking about Dua Lipa's Dance the Night the minute it came out. So we have definitely been part of the Barbie machine, 100%. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and completely unpaid spokespeople as well, apparently. Just Um, throw us some Dua Lipa and we're involved. (laughs) Yes, apparently. Um, Okay, well, as always, the Billboard Pop Shop podcast is your one-stop shop for all things pop on Billboard's weekly charts. In addition, you can always count on a lively discussion about the latest pop news, fun chart stats and stories, new music, and guest interviews with music stars and folks from the world of pop. Today on the show, we've got chart news on how the viral hit Rich Men North of Richmond by Oliver Anthony Music storms onto the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, debuting at number one. It Wait, blasts. I have to ask. I'm sorry. I have to ask already. Oliver Anthony Music? Yep. That's the name of his project? Is that what we're calling it? Yep. Okay. They. I just. I know other people will ask the same, so that's me just jumping in. Continue. I, I, will, I will say before we get too far into this, mm-hmm. uh, he has to go by Oliver Anthony Music. Apparently, there was some other artist named Oliver Anthony that already existed on iTunes. Oh, wow. Uh, so okay, that's why he had, to, he had to stick the word music at the end of his name in order to kind of get to, to un, untangle himself from the other guy. We'll call him Mr. Music from now on. Yeah, I'm going to leave all that in just so that people understand, because <laughs> they might have thought the same thing. No, please do. All right. So the uh, song blasts the previously unknown artist who has never been on any Billboard chart until this week to having the most popular song in America following wide media coverage and its strong sales and streaming numbers. We'll break down the big debut in just a moment. Plus, friend of the podcast Kylie Minogue returns to the pop airplay chart for the first time in nearly two decades as Padam Padam debuts on the chart. Yes. Well, what was her last single to chart on the Pop Airplay chart? And when did it happen? Well, place your guesses now and we'll come back and see if you got the answers right in just a few minutes. Also on the show, the 2024 Super Bowl isn't until February 11th, but we know one person that definitely won't be playing halftime this year. Uh, Ed Sheeran did an interview where he talked about why he does not feel like headlining the halftime show. Plus, there are reports that Taylor Swift 
won't be headlining this year either. So who will be headlining? Keith and I will have a full discussion about that in just a moment. But first, before we get started, if you enjoy the podcast, subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast provider so you won't miss an episode. And if you want to explore more podcasts from Billboard, visit Billboard.com slash podcasts. All right, let's do the chart chat. First up on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs chart, Oliver Anthony Music's breakout viral hit Rich Men North of Richmond debuts at number one. The unsigned independent artist, born Christopher Anthony Lunsford, whose stage name Oliver Anthony honors his grandfather Oliver Anthony, is the first act to launch atop the Hot 100 with no prior chart history on any Billboard chart. Oh, wow. Just let that sink in for a moment. He's never appeared on a single Billboard chart until this week. Yeah. Wild. It's just nuts. It is completely wild. Yeah. Um, So the song was officially released on August 11th. Also, I just as an aside, it's just it's also wild how Katie and I recorded last week's podcast at this time a week ago on Monday. And almost as sort of like an afterthought at the very end of the show, we're like, well, maybe that Oliver Anthony guy could suddenly have a number one, you know, and because we did an entire episode around everyone else that we thought was going to be number one. Ha! Yep. <laughs> how things change in seven days. Big um, time. Anyway. Uh, The song was officially released on August 11th and garnered 17.5 million streams in the U.S. and sold 147,000 downloads uh, all in the week ending August 17th, according to Luminate. Uh, It also debuts at number four on the streaming songs chart and at number one on the digital song sales chart. And though the track is not being promoted to radio, at least it wasn't last week, it still collected about a half million in radio airplay audience, mostly from country formatted stations. And uh, for listeners, so they know, uh, this song is classified uh, by Billboard as a country song, as are all the songs that he currently has available to purchase on the iTunes store. I'm going to read to you a little bit of the information that Gary Trust, who manages the Hot 100, wrote in his story announcing the new number one on Monday. And he said, uh, the track by the Farmville, Virginia-based singer-songwriter and former factory worker first drew buzz online, including on TikTok, where the artist boasts 1.5 million followers, at least <laughs> at least at this time, right. uh, prior to its August 11th posting on the Radio WV YouTube account, uh, which is apparently a very popular uh, YouTube account for kind of country and Americana music. Um, now, let me th- ask a really quick question. Sorry, um, didn't mean to interrupt. Um, it was posted on August 11th to this Radio WV YouTube account. What day was the Friday, the first Friday of this tracking week? August 11th. Okay, thank you so much. I appreciate it. So as I said, that YouTube account uh, spotlights unsigned. I didn't say unsigned, but I'm going to say it now. It spotlights unsigned Americana and country acts in the Virginia and West Virginia region. Uh, Gary also wrote, the song has drawn both praise from the right and opposition from the left with its lyrics referencing, quote, your dollar taxed to no end because of rich men north of Richmond, end quote as well as, quote, the obese milk welfare, end quote. 
uh, stated Anthony in a video posted on August 7th, quote, I sit pretty dead center down the aisle on politics and always have, end quote. He uh, added on Facebook on August 17th, quote, I am sad to see the world in the state it's in with everyone fighting with each other, end quote. So, Keith, last week we, we talked a lot about um, who might uh, get the number one spot this week. And like you said, we sort of had Oliver as a factor. But what we really talked about was Luke Combs cover of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car possibly getting there. But obviously that was blocked from the top again. So where is it at on the chart this week? Here's the thing. Luke would have been number one. Because he's number two this week. Ah, and Morgan fell. Morgan's uh, Morgan Wallen's last night, which has been number one for a bajillion weeks, fell from number one a week ago down to number three. So, yeah, stating the obvious, had Richmond north of Richmond not existed or not dropped out of the sky this week, Luke Combs would have gone to number one for the first time with Fast Car. Yeah, sorry to you, Luke. Are there possibilities that, that could come back? Maybe. Who knows? I mean, I guess we'll yeah. find out. As as Katie as Katie noted last week, uh, the Hot 100s top ten has been super chaotic this year. So mm-hmm. heck, anything can happen. Who knows what could happen in the next couple weeks? <laughs> uh, well, before we leave the top ten of the Hot 100, Olivia Rodrigo collects her sixth top ten hit and the second from her upcoming Guts album. As Bad Idea, right, starts at number ten. It joins her former number one, Vampire, in the top 10 this week, as Vampire is a non-mover at number six. Bad Idea Right launches with 19.7 million streams, 5.3 million in airplay audience, and 4,000 sold, also debuting at number three on the streaming songs chart and number 18 on the digital song sales chart. Uh, It misses the radio songs chart, though... It does debut at number 36 on the pop airplay chart. Speaking of the pop airplay chart, <laughs> one Miss Kylie Minogue returns to the chart for the first time in nearly 20 years as Padam Padam starts at number 39. Minogue was last on the chart in early 2004 with Slow, which spent three weeks on the list in February of that year peaking at number 35. Padam Padam is the first single from Minogue's upcoming studio album titled Tension, which is due out on September 22nd. While we're on the topic of Kylie, she actually recently announced an upcoming concert residency in Las Vegas, which begins November 3rd at the Venetian. So I guess this might be our cue to make another pilgrim pilgrimage yes. to Vegas. Yes. 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 <laughs> Have we already booked our tickets? Can do, it's a do, it's do, a tiny little theater too, right? Like I I, yeah, I think it maybe holds a thousand people, like a thousand people. Maybe that's incredible. How fun! Yeah. yeah, I mean the answer is yes. And yes. And our friend friend of the podcast Kelly Clarkson just wrapped her ten night Vegas residency. Oh, by I the hope way. she comes back. It'd be fun. To I see do you too. There. Me too. Moving on to some news, the 2024 Super Bowl is not happening until February 11th, and while we do not know who will perform at the halftime show next year, we know at least one person who probably won't, and that is Ed Sheeran. So the singer-songwriter did an interview with Andy Cohen last week, and when he was asked about playing Super Bowl, he had this to say, quote, There was a conversation a while ago, I think it was when Coldplay did it, of me going up to play Thinking Out Loud. 
I think that would be the only way I'd do it, is if I was joining someone else. And then he continued, you watch Prince, you watch Michael Jackson, you watch Katy Perry, you watch Lady Gaga, you watch Rihanna, you watch Beyonce, you watch all these amazing performers. I'm just not that. I'm not going to have dancers on stage. I'm not going to have fireworks on stage like The weekend. That's not me. I don't think anyone wants to see me do the Super Bowl. Okay, so that last part is probably not true, Ed. There are definitely people who would love to see you do the Super Bowl, but now it is noted Ed Sheeran will only be on that stage as someone's guest. So there's also been a lot of conversation about another potential Super Bowl performer, and that is Taylor Swift, who has yet to perform at the halftime show. She feels like she'd be definitely likely to bring Ed Sheeran out on stage during halftime too, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, But um, the uh, consensus right now, and uh, according to Hits Daily Double, which reported this last week, Taylor Swift has officially turned down playing the 2024 show. Now, we don't know if that's true or not. And actually, last year, Variety reported that she was definitely playing the 2023 show. So there's a lot of reporting around Taylor Swift and the halftime show that uh, is or is not factual. Um, so I, I feel like it's pretty safe to say that Taylor Swift will one day perform at the halftime show. It just feels like it's not probably not going to be 2024. Um, and to be fair, uh, she's doing a lot of performing right now. Uh, she just wrapped the first leg of the U.S. Airs tour. She's about to go international. She's going to come back next year for more performing. That tour doesn't really need more promotion. She doesn't really need the Super Bowl at this moment. And then I think we had our own reporting, Billboard did uh, a few years ago, that she likely won't do the halftime show until all the re-recordings are done. Now, we know that 1989 is coming in October, but we still have two more to come, and we're likely not getting those before February this coming year either. So maybe if she can put both of those out next year, which is she's been doing about two a year, so that's very likely, Maybe we'll get her in 2025 once all the re-recordings are wrapped. Maybe, sure. I <laughs> all of this are all of these all of these are very plausible theories. Uh, <laughs> um, I do want to say I think Ed Sheeran, for like he just missed looking at the years when U2 and Paul McCartney and people who did not employ dancers and choreo were the halftime performer. Um, so yeah. don't sell yourself short, Ed, but all right. And I, I, to be fair, I think he also would be the kind of performer that would be great at anchoring the show like Coldplay did, but bringing out a lot of special guests too, you know? So he mentioned the Coldplay halftime and that maybe he was going to pop out for that one, which of course Bruno Mars famously came out and did Uptown Funk for Beyonce famously came out and did formation for. So like, there's a world where Ed would have been a great like halftime headliner, you know, Ed and friends also. So, but yes, he's hundred percent selling himself short. My man plays stadiums by himself all the time. Lots of people would have enjoyed that for sure. Um, so I guess the question is now like who will play. Um, and so I wanted to check in on billboards fan poll that we posted uh, this past February, right after Rihanna played the halftime show. Uh, so leading with more than 23% of the vote is, Taylor. BTS? <laughs> no, Taylor Swift. Okay. <laughs> uh, so sorry, everybody, <laughs> but that one looks unlikely at this point. Um, the second pick is Other with 14%, so we'll have to fill in the blanks there. We'll have to pick our own I love them. Other, other's great. Other I love is other great. Hits. Other is, uh, is fantastic. We can all agree on that. Um, and then we have Ariana Grande with 11%, Drake with 10%, BTS with 8%, 
Harry Styles with almost 8%, Justin Bieber with 5%, Usher with 4%, Dolly Parton with almost 4%. That's a fun idea. Blackpink with more than 3%, Billie Eilish with almost 3%, and then Cardi B with almost 3%, Jay-Z with 2%, and this is just disrespectful, Janet Jackson pulling up the rear with 1.8%. I would love that halftime show. Ah, anyway. I, I, I... I, th- I think I think the the two people on that list that I was already thinking about um, are Drake, which seems a very plausible, like yeah. viable uh, candidate. And who was towards the end with oh Dolly Parton, like Dolly Parton seems like a shoe in. It feels crazy that they have not done a legitimate country like halftime show. I've looked back in the archives before and like Garth has been on that stage, but he didn't like headline it. And Shania, I think, showed up for one of those MTV, you know, early 2000s ones or whatever. But like there has not been just a a country anchored show. And maybe you look no further than the top of the Billboard Hot 100 right now to know that country has a lot of power, selling power, uh, popularity, um, etc. And with the football audience specifically, like it um, just makes all the sense in the world. Also, Dolly Parton is on the verge of releasing her new rock star album in November that has everyone from Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr to Steve Perry of Journey to Sheryl Crow and a, like a zillion different rock stars. So it she imagine the collaborations she can yeah. do from both country and rock and pop all on that stage at the same yeah, time like her goddaughter miley has to be involved in that one for sure can you imagine oh That'd i can amazing. i can and have imagined it and it sounds great um but i mean even just like why not carrie underwood like why not or i said shania why not shania with a whole show she's got a tour in a vegas a new re- vegas residency well, there's a lot of people that would make sense why why not something like, you know, uh, I don't know, Guns N' Roses. What about Guns N' Roses? Oh, now, see, I know you, and I mentioned Carrie, who actually has, Carrie. has popped out with Guns N' Roses um, recently and has talked at length about, you know, them being her childhood favorite band and everything. And, and so, yeah, that's a super fun idea. Um, and when it comes to kind of... Um, the like medleys of people. One thing that I, I have brought up before and will continue to bring up is the idea of queen headlining with obviously Adam Lambert, um, you know, singing, but maybe bring in some other singers like Pink or other big voiced you know, singers, Kelly Clarkson, etc. Come in and do queen. Basically, it's a queen greatest hits halftime show. That would be fun, right? Yeah, I've always thought that was a good idea. And it feels like it satisfies a lot of like um, you know, generations of people because that music is so enduring. Uh, I'm trying to look at the list to see. So Ariana Grande was the next highest vote getter to Taylor Swift. I think that she has the catalog. I think that a lot of people questioned when she got the Coachella headlining slot and then she absolutely killed it and 100% has the catalog. And again, the people that she could bring out. I mean, she brought out four fifths of NSYNC at Coachella. Maybe she could make it a full five. Who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of, there's there's also a, a I saw a rumor on social media about how uh, allegedly, perhaps, according to social media, InSync may be reuniting for a song for the next Trolls movie. Yeah, let's take a quick right turn because I'd really like to talk about this. So pa- okay. pause yes, on Super Bowl. <laughs> pause. I when I saw Barbie this weekend, they played the the trailer for uh, 
trolls band together, I believe is what it's called. And I, I when I tell you, my heart skipped a beat when there's a moment like in in the middle of the trailer where just a little taste of Justin Timberlake singing um, I want you back and saying I want you back. And I was like, what? Like, I I am like, he did he record like he recorded and sync songs in like for a movie in 2023. Like I lost it. And then at the end of the trailer, it's literally um, like they play part of like part of I want you back. And they they're go, they go all in on that song. And I I have shivers talking about it, Keith, because there are questions now about whether the other four members recorded vocals for this. Um, there are voice actors playing the trolls that are not the other members of NSYNC because it's like the plot, not to get too deep into it, but the plot is that uh, Justin's character branch, it was the like baby youngest member of his like brother boy band. So it's five brothers. And so his four older brothers are all voiced by like Eric Andre and like Kid Cudi and all these other people. So I'm like, I don't know if they sing or maybe the members of NSYNC sing their parts or something, but it's it's a lot. It's a lot. It was a lot for me to handle. That's all I have to say. <laughs> this is very um, this is very meta. Like for it's like so there's five members and it's a brother group. And and then of all the songs to pick from, you choose the One debut solo big, single. Yeah. yeah. And I also uh, it's they it kind of flipped the script, though, where in this scenario, uh, Branch, baby Branch gets left behind while all his brothers venture out. And in, in reality, with NSYNC, Justin, the baby, was the first one to leave the group. So, yeah, they're definitely it's, like it's all, it, it is very meta. And I'm shocked. I'm actually a hundred percent shocked that Justin Timberlake agreed to all of this. <laughs> like I'm really looking forward to seeing the movie, but like I, 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 you know, obviously in the trolls movies, he's been covering all these pop songs and it's all been very meta cause he's a pop star, but this feels like another step of him like really acknowledging and leaning into his boy band past, which he has not done in a, I, I don't know if he's ever done that really period, you know? So there so you what go. If, so, so when does this trolls movie come out? Uh, I think it was it's definitely the fall. I want to say let's look it up. Release date November 17. Wow. The, imagine if just NSYNC not only reunited for the soundtrack, but also decided to reunite for the Super Bowl and then a stadium oh, tour. Way to bring it back around Keith. <laughs> that was perfection. Uh, we did see NSYNC pop up at Justin Timberlake's Video Vanguard Award Um performance but he they didn't perform with him at his super bowl uh halftime show so this would be like a totally obviously they performed at one of the early 2000s uh mtv ones as well back in the day day um but that like i think it was the one that had like aerosmith and britney mary j blige nelly britney the whole the whole kit and caboodle of everyone from trl but man i love this idea i love it Let's do it. I'm so impressed with the way Keith just segued. I feel like we just need to wrap it right there. Our choice okay. as Pop Shop for Super Bowl 2024 is NSYNC. Thank you. No more notes. <laughs> All right. Well, now it's time for the chart stat of the week. Everybody's doing a break. Th- 
35 years ago this month, Kylie Minogue debuted her cover of The Locomotion on the Hot 100. The track choo-chooed its way onto the list dated <laughs> August 27, 1988, and eventually peaked at number three that November. It remains her highest charting Hot 100 hit and her first of two top tens. She returned to the top 10 in 2002 with Can't Get You Out of My Head. Now, The Locomotion was originally a number one hit for Little Eva in 1962, and it actually hit number one a second time in 1974 by another act, Grand Funk. Uh, it's not super common for the same song to hit number one twice by two different artists, but occasionally it does happen. Uh, in fact, the last time a song topped the Hot 100 for a second time by a different artist was in 2001, when Lady Marmalade, as covered by Christina Aguilera, Lil' Kim, Maya, and Pink, topped the list after first hitting number one, as performed by LaBelle in 1975. So there you have it, as I just digress off of, onto covers land, uh, a little chart set of the week uh, tied to how Kylie Minogue debuted on the Hot 100 with her cover of The Locomotion this month in 1988. Well, we've reached the end of our big shoe, Katie. Any parting words? Uh, do you already uh, do you already have your dream set list for what NSYNC will perform at halftime next year? <laughs> I'm already forming it, and I will write that for Billboard.com for sure. Um, uh, but I did want to mention one thing on Billboard.com this week, which is our 50 greatest rock lead singers list. I didn't even know that you guys had this posted, and I have not even looked at the list, so I'm dying oh, to know it. about this list. I mean, I can tell you a little bit, but I would like for you and the readers to go explore oh, okay, it, great. the listeners, I should say. But, um, would you like to know, like, want to, like, know the top five? Uh, yes, please tell me. Alright, well, let's count down five to one, shall we? Uh, number five is, uh, Kurt Cobain from Nirvana. Number four, Robert Plant from Led Zeppelin. Number three, Freddie Mercury from Queen, as we mentioned earlier on this podcast. Number two, Stevie Nicks of Fleetwood Mac. Wow. And number right. one, number one is Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones. All which right. That feels like the the choice. Pretty cool so, to see Stevie that high. That's pretty awesome. Absolutely. It is a it is a very diverse list across lots of uh, decades, across uh, lots of everything, <laughs> anything you can think of. It's a very like it is a very interesting like, list. There's going to be people on there that you wouldn't have expected to be there um, and some newer picks as well. So it's really great. Everyone should check that out. Should we go out on a uh, Rolling Stones song? Oh, sure. I, I My mean, favorite just... one. Uh, sure, what's your favorite Rolling Stone song? The be uh, It's definitely 100% Beast of Burden. Okay, we'll go out on Beast of Burden, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye.